All right. Welcome to Thibaut Maurice. Uh, he is an author of a great book called Master Your Emotions. Uh, this is a book that I read, I don't know, four years ago. When did that come out? When did that come out, Thibaut? Master Your Emotions. When did you publish it? Yeah, uh, two, uh, it's 2019. Uh, 18, 18. 2018, 2018. Yeah. So, so four or five years ago, I read it and I was really, five really years ago. Really, really impressed with uh, with how you broke down emotions and the impact they have on people. And it was very educational and, and done in a, I think, very simple and accessible way, very well written, very well researched. And one of the things I loved most about that book was that in the introduction, you talk about you basically wrote it because you yourself are trying to understand emotions. And I, I found that um, refreshing. You weren't coming off as you know the know-it-all expert on the topic. It was a research project for you, essentially. And yeah, partially, partially, yeah, partly yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, of course, you obviously had done a lot of research, and you obviously it's it's a, it's a profound interest for you, and and it is part of your expertise. But you you were you were making the the, the writing itself was part of your exploration, which I, I really enjoyed, and that brought a lot of I feel a lot of authenticity to the process. Um, I don't know if you remember how we first met. I think it's when we did uh, this uh, box set book and uh, book project together. I think yeah, so this I box set of you and, yeah. and I, I, yeah. I like what you were doing. I reached out to you and a number of other authors, and we did a box set. And I quite enjoyed working with you. And we had a few chances to interact through Zoom. And it's been a number of years. I actually meant to contact you and 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 talk with you many years ago, but I became very very sick, um, and it just was. Yep. Wasn't oh, yeah. It wasn't within the realm of possibility for me to have any kind to, to do anything besides pretty much rest. So, you know, so I'm so happy to have recovered to the point where we can have this conversation now and, and then to share it with, uh, with my audience and hopefully yours. I don't know if you have a YouTube yes. channel or not. Uh, not really. I mean, mostly my email list is what I have right now mm -hmm. for the most part here. Yeah. Um, before I kind of turn it over to you, because I'd really like to introduce your book. Um, uh, he's got, uh, oh, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the, thing that, the thing that's very interesting for me uh, as, as a reader and as an author is the fact that you write in a second language. So you write in English yes. directly. You don't have a translator in English. Your primary language no. is French. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, all right. right. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about? Yeah. That? I mean, it's it's it was pretty pretty hard for me because you know when you start a new project or new business, you have a lot of fears, and obviously being a non-native speaker was also a big one for me. So I also had to overcome that over time. And first I had a blog, so I would, be, I would be writing in English, many articles about personal development. And I guess over time, becoming better and better, getting some good feedback, becoming a little bit more confident about myself. And the reason why I was writing in English is because I wanted to have a bigger reach. You know, like I was thinking, okay, US market is a big market in personal development. I wanted to reach out to you know, as many people as possible. So for me, I, was, I just decided I love English. I wanted to write in English. Just, yeah, I can. I can do that. You know, yeah. kind of you know naive and naive in a sense. You know, yeah, it's going to be easy. Not easy. You know, oh, it's going to work out. 
<laughs> but he was pretty hot at first, yeah. In fairness, uh, you've been a stellar success. I, I don't know how many copies Master Your Emotions has sold, but I'm guessing you probably sold millions of copies or, or thereabouts. Um, I, I can tell you numbers. It's about 400,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Nothing I have a whole bunch of other things, books, so you know, right. all the Amazon Prime, you no know, videos would get it for free on Amazon. So, yes, yeah, I think books in total it's around 720,000, I think, yes. at, this, at this point for, for writing. In so, a language. Yeah, 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 it's pretty good. <laughs> sometimes a little bit of naivete can go a long ways. Yeah, you know, I, sometimes it's like if you knew how hard it is, you, you wouldn't even start, you know, sometimes so. I guess sometimes it's good to be a little bit naive and all. Sometimes it's, it's good yeah. to be a little bit foolish. Not, <laughs> yeah. yeah. think too much about these things, right? Yes, probably. <laughs> which brings us to the title of your book, which is Do the Impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's a new book, yeah. And it seems like you've done some of that in your life. Um, and so I wanted to actually ask you about, uh, that's why I wanted to ask you about why you wrote in English, but, but also what motivated you to write a book called Do the Impossible? Uh, yes. It's also, as you said before, like uh, I wanted to learn something about myself. Like, and for me, it's kind of a combination of all my work in the past, you know, five to 10 years now. And everything I learned uh, was able to do myself you know, as a writer and try to come up with some kind of framework you can use to, you, let's say you want to have some kind of impact on the world with your work. Like, how do you do that? You know, how, how do you try to have some kind of leverage, some kind of impact at scale? Because oftentimes you want to help one person or you want to do something, some project. But how do you actually come up with a strategy and a mindset to, if you really want to impact, I don't know, like a million people or five, 10 million or more, you know, how do you do that? But kind of the question I have for myself as well, you know, so how do I do that? How do I go to the next step? What's missing in what I'm doing and what I learned in the process as well? So as somebody is in the process of trying to do that, it's kind of the middle way, you know, trying, okay, what's the next step for me? What can I learn about it? What can I teach people about what I've been able to do myself in the past five to 10 years? And that's kind of the idea behind the book of trying to do something a little bit out of the ordinary for you, for me or for someone else. And that's kind of the idea behind the book. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I, I was really captivated by the, uh, I've, I've read about half of it, a little bit more than half, maybe two thirds of it. Um, I haven't been able to finish it yet. Yes. Time's a bit short, but. Um, but but I was really captivated by your introduction. Um, the key, but what I felt and what I feel throughout the book is, it's it's interesting because it's it you're basically saying you know, how to accomplish the impossible, but you're also yeah, also peeling away the layers of the self so that what the individual's goal might be is becomes a revelation to them. Like, yeah. It's, it's of course you know when we don't when when we haven't done a lot of inner work or really paid attention to our lives. Oftentimes we're living according to other people's goals. Yes, exactly. According to what other people think we should do or how we should live. And one of the things that really stands out in your introduction is the story of of how you were in an MBA course, and this was this course was. You just didn't feel like you were able yeah. to compete with the others, and at some at some somewhere along the line, you had a, a realization. In part because your friends or people around you had told you how you kind of lit up and how impassioned 
you were when you yeah, were yes. describing self-help. And so that was kind of a revelation to you. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how that revelation reveals itself in our lives. Yeah, and even, even, even the, uh, yeah, so even after the MBA, I was working as a consultant and I was struggling with my job, not being really good, you know, being, feeling like, oh, I cannot do it, I'm not good enough, all this kind of fear. And when I, I started you know, writing blogs and writing books, and I really felt like I was really good at that. And was, I could feel like it was day and night for me. And I really feel like one of the purpose to be here is to find out what we actually want to do. You know, what are we good at? What do we enjoy to do? And try to do as much as possible, at least move in that direction over time. You know? mm. It doesn't have to be you know, quitting your job tomorrow, but just like, you know, do a little bit more of what you feel like you enjoy doing, or maybe something you find useful, interesting. Or if you have some good feedback from people around you, oh, I like when you do this. Oh, okay, maybe I do more of that. You know, just do more, of, do more of what the world is telling you to do or what you feel like you should be doing. Mm. And I think in the process of doing that, but you start uncovering more about yourself. Oh, I have some skills, I have some talent. Maybe I can do this, maybe I can do that. You know, maybe I can do this whatever impossible task uh, for me last year is possible today. So I like the process of just discovering, you know, yeah. pushing yourself a little bit doing something a little bit new, you know, like a podcast, a book, a business, I don't know, do something a little bit uh, maybe scary. Mm. And in the process, discovering that, oh, maybe there's not as many limitations as I thought, you know, in the world, what is possible for me. But we have to go out in the world and find out that, you know, for ourselves. Yeah. That's kind of a discovery process yeah. over many years sometimes, or a lifetime, probably. That's what it seems to be for, for me. And, and it seems to be that way with everybody that I've worked with. And it seems to be also that as soon as we cease that discovery process, our life becomes kind of dull and mundane or routine. Yeah. Right. I think it's, yeah, I find it really hard to, you know, sometimes you achieve some kind of success or whatever you wanted to achieve. And it's, it's really hard to stay on track with your your whatever path or your some kind of purpose, which I sometimes have a hard time too. You know, what should I do next? You no, know? but I think it's really important to, you know, I, I often talk about fear versus love. You know, in personal development, you want to move toward love and loving people, loving yourself, and giving more instead of trying to get from you know people around you, get money, get fame, get fame, but more like how can I give more? You know, how can I express myself and give more of my time or my, my talent, my skills, yes. my love, my compassion, whatever you want to give. And as you give more of that, I feel like you, you're acting out of love more than out of fear. And I think it's a process of personal development is actually doing that. That's a process for me. It's not about you know money or success. It's like getting rid of the layers of, you know, layers of fear that you have and find out well, who am I? What can I do? What I want to do? What's a way for me to express myself in the world? And that's what we are here for, I think. You know, finding out who we are and what we can give instead of trying to get as much as possible because of fear of you know, scarcity or jealousy or any kind of fear we might have. Yes. Um, I found it so interesting because even in, in, your, in your book, you give a list of, of motivating factors. And the first, you have four of them. Uh, oh yeah, four. Yeah, yes. First one was ego, and it's basically you know you want to prove other people wrong or yes. get, get attention or for an accomplishment and that sort of thing, and that actually motivates a lot of people. Um, and then you, yeah. you go on, you go on to um, love, and then you go on to like, what, what was the what, desires? Um, one that's there's desire, there's ego, love, 
fear and desire. Fear, thank you, fear. So, so fear would be fear would be like, you know, when you try to move away from something, which is fine, no? moving away from a job you don't like. And you, you know, when you start something new, oftentimes people want to just move away from, from a, a bad job, move away from a relationship, move away from some fear. And also ego, you know, I want to prove people wrong, good, right, I can do stuff. I think it's also good to some extent. But I think the process I, I over time, wanna, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm still today, you know, I'm, sure, no, I'm not gonna say oh, I have pure love, whatever, no, nonsense. <laughs> ego is also still still helping me, yeah, but you want to try, I guess, to try to move toward other stuff, you know, more like yes. toward love and toward, well, more toward love and less toward ego, out of ego. It's a matter so it's a process. process right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, I think it's, once at first you're motivated by ego and money and stuff, and maybe it's, oh, maybe it's interesting. Maybe I want to be giving more of who I am. I want to express myself. I want to do some, some meaningful, meaningful work. Yes. And that's when you find out more about, you know, more acting out of love, I think, more. That's kind of the framework I like to use or to, the way I to think about stuff in general. Yes. Um, when, I, when I read that, it, it, it's interesting because one of the things is, is I, I teach spiritual awakening meditation. And, and, and really, from my perspective, is coming from a samurai arts background, the essential point is we're moving towards center. And the center of our life ultimately is love. Yeah. It's what sustains you. Oh, truly. And of course, fear is an, an aspect of that. It's like you're walking through the jungle. <laughs> and like oh, I went to the when I went to the Amazon and I walked through the jungle and, and we find uh, jaguar tracks there. And they were there just like five minutes before we we arrived. So you know that the jaguar is just somewhere in the bushes there. Mm-hmm. It's 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 super important to be aware of the things that can eat you. It's super important yes. to be aware of the things that, you know, that could end you in an instant, but it's also important to keep in, you know, at the center of your core love, the purpose of your life, your, your trajectory and all of that sort of thing. Yes. You're aware of the fear and you're, but, but at the same time, you're also aware of that center that you're, you're, that's motivating your life. The love you, you act for your family, you act for society, you act for yeah. to be able to look yourself in the mirror and, 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 and feel respect. Right. Yeah. That 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 is important for love and trust and relationship. Uh, but I, I really I love yeah. that you didn't you didn't look down on the ego aspect. You didn't denigrate it and you didn't no. put it off the list. A lot of people do. Because I mean a- I know I know I I do act out of ego. I'm not gonna say I'm nuts, we'll be lying to myself. I, I think we have to be honest with ourselves first, but I want to move more you know, toward love, you know, as much as I can, you know, obviously. Yes. But I think it's important to realize, okay, yeah, it's part of life. Ego is part of life. No, it's okay. Be aware of it. Notice, it's like being aware. You know, the more aware you are, the more you can probably let go of ego over time. But if you pretend or if you believe you have no ego, you know, I think it's not a good start. Kindness. <laughs> it's <laughs> you know, a kind yeah, of delusion. Yeah. And it'll actually make exactly. It's delusion. Yeah, exactly. It'll make you less yeah. aware. So one of the things that I, I repeat to, to my students a lot is we're moving toward love. We're moving toward awareness. We're moving toward center. But Let's not assume that we're done with ego. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. As soon as you think you're you're done with it, that it's never going. Well, you're finished. Of course, it's going to creep yeah. up on you. It's it's there, right? And it's important to acknowledge when it comes up, and also that it doesn't. It's not necessarily all detrimental. No. Right. Yeah. And so I love that you included that in the book. It felt it felt very honest and refreshing to see that, and it's I, I think it's somewhat uncommon. Because we like to yeah, think also, of it. <laughs> yeah. And also ego is, it's not just about no spirituality. I think it's in general, like if you can be open to learning and to 
I don't know everything yet. I want to learn. I'm curious about life. Then you can learn. You can improve your the way you think. You can improve the way you understand the world at a deeper level, maybe. As a result, in the book, you understand the world better. You can actually have more impactful action or better strategy for what you want to do. Yes. But if you believe you understand everything about the world yet, and it's okay, and you don't have to know everything, then you're going to have waste your time trying to do that, not really. Yeah. So I think it's really important to spend a lot of time. Am I right? Is that true? You know, Am I actually you know, that good? You, know? <laughs> you really want to be questioning yourself and, and be open to learning as much as you can. And asking for help you know, is a big one as well. Asking for help, feedback, yes. all kind of yeah, feedback is important. Yes. I think that used to be, for, for me personally, asking for help was my biggest challenge. For a long time, I, I, I couldn't yeah, ask me for too, help. Me too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I find that to be true, actually, of people often yeah. are. That's usually where they start out. They just do everything on their own. But there is a point where you'll reach a barrier and you, you need to ask for help. And then you, you learn. Yeah. You learn that capacity or you or you fail, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> or, you're, or you're derailed, at least temporarily. And I think it's... Yeah, I'm thinking ego is because the part of ego is not asking for help. You know, it's like you want to do it everything by yourself because you want to be self-made, you know, which is kind of an illusion in the end, you know. What are we doing? People are cutting out here. Your signal kind of cutting out. Uh, so, yeah, I think my connection is... While we're waiting for T-Bow's connection to improve, I'd like to share with you a little bit about the warrior's meditation. The Warrior's Meditation is a cutting-edge meditation that will allow you to walk, talk, and do all of your activities in a clear, meditated state. This meditation is in alignment with the revelation of your purpose. It will help you to get in touch with the subconscious mind, to direct your life in ways of self-improvement and refinement. We offer 30 days of free meditation training on my website, as well as more advanced classes for when you're ready to go deeper into the nature of your being, the direction of your life, harmony, love, and all that good stuff. Hope to see you there. Visit richardlhate.com and start your meditation today. Yeah, sorry, my connection is bad. I've... Okay, let's see if it works. Can you hear now? Can you hear yes. me? Yes. Okay, let's see. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, what I was saying. Um, yeah, ego is, part of ego is also like, wanted to be self-made, you know, I'm a self-made, whatever, millionaire or like entrepreneur. But like in reality, like it's not really how it works. Like we are so dependent of so many people around us, like family, friends, coworkers, the guys working at a supermarket. No, so many, so many, so many ways we are dependent on others to, to just to be alive and to be able to feed ourselves and live. So once you understand that, asking for help, you just, what you're doing anyway all the time, just don't realize it. You know, you're always depending on people, on other people's help. Yes. It could be easier to ask for help when you need to. Yes, yes. It's so I don't you can hear me. Alignment with reality, right? It's one of the things that I like yeah. your book very much as well. Is yeah, that I exactly. like. Yeah. I'm not finished with it, but um, that you're. It seems like you have a, a tremendous respect for reality, and you're trying to map onto reality as accurately as possible, while still, while still creating the capacity to admit, I don't really know what reality is, which means I don't really know what's not possible, yeah. right? I don't know what's possible, what what is and isn't possible. Exactly. And so, exactly. And, and I and I really respect reality, and so I'm trying to 
to explore it yeah. and find out what reality is and, and not assume that I know it for sure and not assume that I know this is impossible. So I'm going to try and I'm going to work towards it and I'm going to get all the skills and refine all the things that yeah. need to yes. be refined and cut away all the elements that have been plaguing me, the false self stuff, the stuff, the voices that other people have been telling me and all the assumptions that I got that don't work out and prune all that off. It's like this refinement process that yeah. you're, you're conveying to people. I, I quite enjoy um, your book for that reason. And so the question would be this. Yeah, it's like instead of, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Oh, so the question would be this. Most people hate reality actually. I'm sure. Yeah. Most people are trying to run yeah. away. Most people, they have beliefs that are incongruent with reality because the beliefs make them feel comfortable mm. or safe or whatever. They don't yeah. actually make you comfortable or safe. If you really analyze them, they cause your failures. They cause your stumbling. They cause your, but not, it's like failure is not exactly the right word, but the stumbling. So the type of stumbling that you can learn for, from is the stumbling where you have an attitude of refining your inner mapping to match reality, but if you refuse to yep. yes. refuse to observe the beliefs and and ask yourself, is this actually in alignment with reality? Then what will happen is you'll just keep stumbling over and over and over again until you exhaust yourself and it's done. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know you you probably have some friends who are like you may have some goals, you know, you are be super ambitious, but then when you look at the person, they are not actually doing what it takes to get there. They kind of believing that, oh, yeah, they're going to get there. And you talk to them five years later, 10 years later, it's still the same, they're still in the same place, doing the same thing. It's like, you have to learn from reality. If it doesn't work, okay, why? And you have to refine your assumptions about what you're doing in the world. So that's why, you know, that's why ego is a problem because if you don't ask for help and get feedback and fail over and over again, you don't get the data you need to improve. You know, it's like, <laughs> you have to do stuff so that you get feedback from reality. Because if you just assume stuff, and doesn't going to work. Going to be in. It's going to create a gap between reality and what you believe. Yes. And to kind of close the gap, the more action you take, and the more you're open to learning and to questioning, and to getting feedback, learning from your failures, experimenting more and more. The more you're going to get closer from reality in a sense, right? So that's what I want to. I think it's really important to understand that. Really yes. important. Yes. And, and your, your point about friend, I mean, almost, almost everybody that I grew up with or uh, have known in my life on a personal level um, is not trying to see reality and they're not necessarily doing the work it takes the inner work that it takes to refine such that your mapping of your reality yeah. would be accurate enough to be, to accomplish the impossible or to accomplish a meaningful yeah. goal that you could look in the mirror and go, yeah, you know, I've put everything into this. There's, there's, have you had this feeling of being able to look in the mirror and see it and go, okay, I know I've held nothing back. And to feel, feel that trust for yourself. Yeah. It's a beautiful feeling. And I, I, I have you had the experience of looking in the mirror and not feeling that? Oh yeah. I mean, most of the time. Right. And even to these days, you know, like someday, sometimes you feel good about yourself. Well, I think I'm making progress. I'm feeling good about what I'm doing and my work, my life. And sometimes it's the, ah, <laughs> ah I'm not sure. Really, I know I can do better than that. It's, it's kind of the feeling, you know, you know, you know, you know, like it's tricky because you know you can do more, which is always true. But at the same time, 
you also have to find a balance because you can always do more. You can always work more. You, know, you can always have a bigger impact, but you need to find a balance between because you also have to live. And you know, yes. if you want to have a balanced life at the same time, it's kind of there is no answer. I think it's you have to decide for yourself it will what you want to do in your life. Yeah, honesty. yeah. Like maybe you want to sacrifice everything for a mission, and that's what you want to do. And okay, maybe you want to have a family. And, you know, like you know, whatever you want. You, know. yeah. you have to find a balance, which is very hard. It and, will take yeah. tremendous yeah, I, I had this integrity feeling so many and honesty. times of feeling like, oh, I can, I can do better. Yes. 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 It, it just takes a lot of integrity and honesty. And um, it's difficult. And, you know, like, like when I, I don't know, four or five years ago, I became very, very sick and I went through a period and I'm still coming. I'm still, you know, in that to some degree, getting better. Um, but, yeah. you know, if you, if your health is failing, there will be limits to what you can do. So then your, your whole, focus is to become healthy again or to not get worse yeah. again and that might become your impossible mission um, so there's that um, there are times in our lives when you maybe can't do much better right there are times when you're crawling through the desert but yeah. the question i would have is are you making excuses like i noticed in in my case thoughts that would occur because there were certain things I, like for a while there i could hardly walk Right. Yeah. And so my wife would have to do things for me a lot. And of course, there's this part of the human being, and you discuss this in the book to some degree, is how the brain is trying to conserve energy. Right. So it yeah. will oftentimes come to assumptions and skip over processes uh, in order to conserve energy to be comfortable. You would like to think it's right rather than to think it's wrong, you know, and all of that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so one of the temptations, you know, is, and I found this when I was sick, is uh, she, was, she would do something for me, even if I could actually have done it for myself, that maybe the mind will, will allow her to do something for me that I could have done for myself, right? And that's where you're not doing your best, Yeah. right? It's, it's subtle, and you have to pay attention. So I just did my best at such times to, to notice, oh, can I actually do this for myself or not? You know, am I, am I fooling myself here? Is this an, am I allowing uh, the sickness to be an excuse to get away with or to be comfortable in a way that's not actually healthy? And so, like, no matter how rough a situation you're in, the same principles apply of trying to accurately map reality, to be very honest and have integrity and to cut away the voices that are not helpful. And those voices are there. Yes, and it's it's only when you are aware, you, know, you become more aware of your thoughts and your belief that you can observe that, you know, because if you don't observe, if you're not in a position to observe what you're believing, what you're thinking, it's gonna be impossible to notice when you're trying to. Yeah. So that's, that's a process of yeah. observing yourself and thinking about oh, what do I believe? What do I want to believe? What is true? You know, and kind of working on that. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, this whole, the, your whole book really is, is about awareness, which one of the, one of the reasons I, I, I am enjoying it so much. Um, but awareness is, is, uh, is like a muscle that builds and, you know, getting away with stuff, having things done for us, uh, you know, as you talked about, uh, or you alluded to in your book uh, at some point, in your writing process, maybe the motivation had slipped because you know you had some money, you had some success, you had a reputation, and you're no longer yeah. you're no longer carrying the 
passion that you had before and, and coming at the process in that raw, honest, uh, impassioned way that maybe you had before. I mean, you didn't go that deeply into it, um, at least to the point I've read, but I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard because I know for me, I had like five, 10 years ago, I had certain vision for business. For, you know, and five, five years later, I actually accomplished everything I wanted to kind of accomplish in my business and in some areas of my life. So when you become, you start thinking, okay, what, you know, what's next? You no, know, that's it. I've done everything, but it's a never-ending process. So when I actually think, what do I want to do? Why am I doing this? So yeah, when, when I started, maybe more motiv- I was more motivated by maybe ego and, uh, and fear, moving away from my job for some situation I didn't like. Mm. But then now it's more like, okay, I've done those things. I've, I have some success. I accomplished most of my goals I had five years ago. And what's the next step? How do I transition toward a different source of motivation? So I think it's more now, okay, how can I express myself more, give more love, be more loving toward myself, toward others, think bigger, maybe have a bigger picture in mind. What's my, be thinking about my vision, what do I want to do, make maybe bigger, bigger vision. So it's kind of what I had to, and I'm still working on that to this day. Yeah. I don't know if there's ever an end. And it's pretty hard. I think it's a good transition. Yeah, I so, yeah, I think. I don't know if, if it's ever an end. To if, it, if it was, if, yeah. if it's ending. Yeah. No, I don't. I think it's an evolution. And you can even change, you know, maybe you can have a different vision or you can do some kind of shift in your thinking and you Seems to be an ongoing process. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, was there anything in particular? Was there a moment where you had this realization? Oh, you know, I, I just, I'm not, not, I'm not in the right, I'm not in the zone, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not one of us many times, you know, many times, some days, some weeks, like, okay, what do I do? Yeah, it's, it's an ongoing process. I think it's, I wouldn't say there was a specific time, but more like, yeah, gradually over time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a common problem people have, you know, when you when you have some goals and you achieve them and you feel, hey, what's what's next, you know? It's, it's the most common goal. And, and I don't know about Europe or France, but in America, there's this, this very strange dream of, you know, retiring early and, you know, going, oh, yes. going, going to some tropical island and, you know, drinking on the beach or something like that, which to me is... Yeah. Like that would be hell. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, for, for a couple to, of days maybe, you know. But that's not. There's no. There's no heart in that, you know. And to be fair, I, I had this. You know, you no, know, I learned about you no know, finance and personal finance, like fire movement, early retirement, all this stuff. You know, I buy this stuff, and I was kind of doing that as well. But as you said, even if you have the money or whatever, you even if you can't do it, it doesn't really. It's not really appealing, I think, to, to most human beings, because yeah. you want to be doing something challenging yourself and doing something new and growing. It doesn't have to be something that, that makes you money. Maybe you don't have money, you don't need it anymore. But you can still do some project that will challenge you and move you forward with some kind of vision you have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I agree. I think it's the idea of I think it's really, really bad, but not really healthy. And it's I think it's not how we think about you know, our life in general. 
great that we can do until we die, you know, yeah. I think. I, uh, when I was living in Japan, I, I noticed a very strange phenomenon. Uh, I would talk to people at the school I was working at. I taught middle school in Japan. And, you know, the team teachers I was working with or the principal, vice principal or whoever. And I just talked to them about their life. And many, a high percentage of them were already millionaires. Like they came from really wealthy families. <laughs> okay. And they're working yeah. like as a teacher, you know, like as an English teacher or a science teacher or whatever in junior high, in middle school. It's like the toughest job in teaching you can have as middle school teacher. Um, and I'm like, okay, so you, your whole, your family owns like, yes. half, like all, like half of the parking lots in this city. <laughs> you got multi-million dollars, you know, in the bank. You, your your father owns Kubota, the traffic, the the, the, the tractor. Uh, you know, oh wow! <laughs> was my team teacher. He was just like this ordinary guy. Oh, yeah. Unless I'd asked him, I would have never known. He drove an ordinary car. He wasn't driving anything expensive. He didn't wear extraordinary clothes. Or he, and I asked him why. He says, because as soon as I live that way, life has no meaning. Like I'm just here. I just want to contribute to yeah. society, and I love teaching. And I think junior high school kids could could use it. A sincere teacher and so i'm just doing it every day and the rest of it doesn't mean anything and you know i don't ever intend yeah. to retire until the school tells me to you know and i, I heard yeah. the same kind of thing from so many people i was like yeah that makes sense to me right it's, you're, you're doing it out of passion no matter how difficult it is right and it's difficult <laughs> middle school is, is a very difficult time to teach children but i look at nature i see the you know, I see the deer or the rabbits or the hares and all these other animals, they never retire. Yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing in nature as retirement. You got to get up off hey, your every day yes. and go out and get your food or you don't eat. And I think that, you know, said the gift of someone, let's say, who made a lot of money is that you, now you don't have an excuse. Like you don't, you cannot pretend, oh, I want to make money and make it. I want to make it, you know, because you already made it. So, now you have to realize, okay, maybe it wasn't what I wanted. And you have to really think about what you want your life to be. How do you find purpose in your life? Mm. So it's a gift of maybe being rich, I don't know. Because then you have to reflect on, on your life more in a sense. Because you, you made it already. Yes. Yeah, I, I, it, it's, a it's a temptation that you will constantly have to fight in that you've already got, you've already got it safe, so to speak. So it's easy to take your foot off the yeah. pedal. Right. Yeah. But that, that temptation could also be beneficial in that it, it could force you to wake up a little bit more, right? Yeah. Especially if you're aware of the trap, yeah. right? Especially if you're aware of yeah. it. And it is a trap, isn't it? Yeah, I like to say every, almost everything in life is a distraction, is a trap. From what you should be doing or who you should be doing, in a sense. <laughs> you should be. There's no distraction from, I don't know, society, social media, internet making money, becoming famous. It's kind of everything is almost a distraction. You know? It's so hard to, to focus back on who you are and what you really want. It's really hard because everything, everyone also is a distraction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you got to put all that stuff be doing this, you be doing that. And it's, it's yeah. Yeah. And I, that's why in the book I mentioned the importance of, you know, also I think silence is important, you know. You know more than me probably meditation. Like just having time and silence to, you can focus back on yourself and what you want and who you are and, let go of like external distraction in a sense. Hmm. And also like if you have a vision, like for me, I know it, it's really helping. Like 
be quiet and focus on what I want to do. What is my vision by myself? Because mm. it gives me time to make it stronger and stronger and more refined and even more believable because it's, I, keep, I think about it all the time, you know, something I want to do. Mm. But if you don't do that, if you go out and always talk about, about your goals and what you want to do, and you're going to get distracted and people will say it's not possible, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. It's, it's going to be harder, I think, to some extent. Yeah, generally, I see the people that talk a lot about what they're going to do don't follow through. <laughs> Maybe it's a rule, I don't know. The more you talk, the less you do, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it could be because... Burning up their energy. Because they actually, there were, I think, scientific studies about, like, if you talk about your goals too much, like, it gives you some dopamine hit, so you think that you're making yes. progress already, yes. but you're not. Yes. So then you're like, oh, it's okay, I can take it easy. Yeah. A false feeling oh. of success, right? <laughs> a false feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's essentially stealing. Yeah. It's it's dopamine theft. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you're not supposed to get that. You, you, it's like getting it from social media, but you just kind of yes, you don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I believe it it messes the neurology up. You know, it messes up your brain and your chemistry. Um, so you know, yeah, probably over time. Dopamine yeah. theft is, is it. It's an easy way to get a high, easy way to get some immediate feel goods, but in the long run, you throw off your inner compass. Uh, I I never heard about the term dopamine theft. I think it's pretty interesting. Maybe I coined like, it. You know, yeah, you're going to look at it. It's like trying to yeah, getting something that you don't deserve. No, it's like cheap. You could also say cheap dopamine. You know, it's like cheap dopamine. Yes, yes working yes, for yes, it. Yes. You know, like in the sense. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You become a, a dopamine addict, right? Pretty sure somebody else must have said that. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. You know, but Interesting. one of the things I, I, I so much enjoyed about your book is, is basically, it, it seems to me, and I'm going to bring this sort of into a realm that um, the audience of meditators might enjoy, audience of people that are spiritually awakening might enjoy. Um, so I can, I, I can kind of map off, map, map out a lot of what you've said in your book to my own life experience. I was very fortunate to go to Japan and, and surround myself with some people that were just, um, that were very honestly, constantly seeking refinement, constantly seeking their aim and a revelation of the, their deeper awareness. And of course, if you can find people like that, put yourself around people like that, or read their books or expose yourself to their YouTube channels or by whatever way you can um, get that influence into your life, it's extremely helpful. And oppositely, those people that are doing the opposite of that, if you can get yourself space from them as much as possible, it's very, very helpful. Yeah. And I can see that when I was young, I was surrounded by people that were it was dopamine theft was the main way of getting the high talking about what you're going to do as if you've already accomplished it, but not actually following through um, a lack of honesty, a lack of integrity, you know, gossip and all kinds of other things that just wasting time, just wasting time. But it, it actually morphed my own, my, my brain in that direction. And I became more and more like that. And I, I, I lost all respect for myself. I, I became suicidal. And there was a point when I was about 17 where there was a very sudden shift. And that sudden shift um, happened. When that shift happened, there was just this massive changes in 
and awareness. Like, okay, these people don't care about me, actually. They probably don't care about each other. They only care about the cheap dopamine hit they're getting. Right. I didn't think of it that way, but they just care about the immediate gratification, whatever it is they're doing. And in, in that case, we were, you know, taking drugs and you know, getting drunk and all of that stuff and kind of spinning our wheels. Uh, so like get get those people out of your life and then find some people in your life that, you know, they, they've got a direction. They're following through every day. They're working for something that's good for themselves and good for society, good for their families. Right. It's, it's healthy for for the totality. You know, get yourself educated. Yeah. Find a direction that you want and just go 100% with whatever it is that you find you have passion for. And yeah. that simple equation completely changed my life. And I think it's remind me of you know, what I say in the book about your environment, right? I mean, it's so you cannot fight against your environment. I mean, it's really hard. It's way easier to move, you know, go to a different environment when you have people around you already embodying what you want, who you want to be or what you want to do. It's so much more powerful. It's so important. And it's kind of sad because at the same time, you might want to, you know, save who are struggling or, but at least if you want to save yourself first, it's like easier to go in a better environment and just, just leave whatever environment you are, just leave first and then figure it out later. Yes. That's, that's, that's exactly what I did. Um, in fact, yeah, and everybody that I know that actually got out of that situation, they did the same thing. They just said, okay, I'm done with this. I'm getting out of here. I'm doing my yeah. own thing and and that works but if you're trying to save the people around you they're gonna pull you down that's yeah that's, that's just how it is it's, it's hard because you know if you want to help people you're like yeah hey, but i should be helping these guys but at the same time you know if i'm not myself developing myself how helpful i am i'm really to the world right you know yeah. if yeah. you're not you know if you don't have any skills you don't have discipline you don't have uh some vision it's really hard to to be I mean, you can be useful, but it's going to be limited, I think, compared to what you could be doing in a better environment. You won't have the clarity of spirit, clarity of mind, the strength of will. You won't have the integrity. There'll be too much. You're just too weak. Too weak. Yeah. And and the people around you would just pull you down. Yeah, and like, if you think about, like, in terms of, like, you, if you want to be a tree, like a strong tree, if you want to have an impact, you have to be the one who's actually inspiring people, not the other way around. You, know? you have to be the one who's moving people. You know? Yes. You, know, you have to be some kind of leader in a way. Yes. Not be the one who's always like, you know, changing direction, changing goals, and being, oh, it's okay, I'm not going to do this today. You have to be someone who actually people can rely on, can trust, and yeah. can be can look up to you and say, oh, this guy is amazing. I want to do the same. It's so interesting. That's I believe that's exactly how it works. Uh, when you start moving towards the goals, and you really start to to tackle them and, and make progress at some point, people notice and it's inspiring. Now, the people of your old neighborhood may never notice. <laughs> they may never notice. Your family may never notice, you know, that, that kind of thing. But but you, you just just keep walking your path, just keep moving forward, keep refining. And then the people that are interested will take notice and it will inspire them. And they may learn something from it. And as you talked about, your book is really to help other people, you know find their purpose, aim, goal, inspiration, and do the impossible. And they will inspire other people. What's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. That's, that, that's kind of the idea. Like, even if it's one person, if it's one person gets, find a book useful and do something incredible, that's already nice, you know? Yes. 
Yes. And I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> but it's, yeah. That, that's, I don't know. How many books have you written now? I think it's 20, 25. Yeah. Some are, some are, to be fair, some are shorter than other. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. It's about 20. Well, you know, if, if a person has never written a book before, and presumably I've not read, I've, I'm only, this is the second book that, of yours that I've read. So um, I haven't read all of them. I can't have any commentary on the quality, but based off the two I have read, I, 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 I suspect the quality is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but for people who've never written a book, um, it's not an easy, <laughs> it's not an easy endeavor. It, it takes everything you have. If, if it's a book worth writing, you know, if it's a book worth writing, it takes everything you have. Um, and, and you were going to learn so much. I, I imagine, at least in my case, I learned so much from the pro, from each book that I've written six and, uh, I've got many more in the forge. Um, but mm -hmm. each of them have been an incredibly, incredible education and a personal growth prog, uh, um, project essentially did you find that to be the case with with your writing yeah i agree i mean exactly the same yes and that's why you know like for me it's more like the process when i'm writing a book it's not like i want that book to be successful yes but it's more like i want to keep doing that forever i want to keep growing and improving and learning about myself and the book is kind of a way for me to like i don't know synthesize the information i'm learning and like, Gain some clarity about myself, about the world, about something I'm studying right now, and find a way to communicate. Because you know, what? when you want to communicate something, you have to be have more clarity about how what it means. It is how can you explain it in a good way that makes sense? How can, how can you find good examples for that specific concept you have? So that's a lot of work and personal growth in the process. So even if a book does not sell for me, it's never like I'm not I'm never never feeling like it's a failure. You know, it's like okay, learn something. Nice. Maybe it will sell in five years. Maybe it will never, it's never going to sell. Maybe it will be uh, used for another book that will be successful. No, it doesn't matter. It's just part of the process for me, like a long-term process. Yes. I used to... Um, the strange thing uh, with me, uh, I, I, sort of, I don't know what percentage of people can relate to this, but I, I, I frequently have mystical visions or experience, experiences like that. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. Have you? Not really. I mean, to be honest, not. I haven't. Well, you're doing, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing is working for you. But that's most of the books that I write actually come from some kind of mystical experience that I'll have. And it'll be very clear I need to write this book. And so I'll start, start writing it. I'm like, I'm not sure this is going to have much of an audience, but that's not relevant. It's not, I mean, <laughs> I'd like it to have an audience and I'm writing it, you know, writing the book, hope, you know, the title and everything to get it to as many of the right people as possible. Yeah. But that can't be the priority or else I'm off, I'm off the path again. Uh, you know, like there's this moving from center and then there's yes. moving from outside of center. And as soon as my writing goes into just, I just want to sell books. I'm no longer in alignment with that, with, with what's actually inspiring me. Right. And so I'm going to write from what's inspiring me. And if some of those books sell well enough that I can, it helps to keep me afloat and pay the bills and afford me to write the next book, great. Um, and if it sold 100,000 copies or 3,000 copies, it is what it is. And who knows, maybe, as you said, the, the one person who read it 
it might have helped them in some way that you that has been very transformative that you'll never find out about. Oh yeah, probably. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We we that's that's the most we can do. We can hope. Um, so I know we don't necessarily have a whole lot of time left. So I kind of wanted to give you uh, a little time to to talk about anything that you wanted to talk about. Do you have a copy of the book with you? You can put it up on the screen and show people. I actually don't have it. <laughs> I don't. I only have it on the Kindle. I don't have it right now. In, oh, that you yeah. haven't gotten your copy. So I cannot show you, but maybe you can put a I'll, put a link. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll uh, yeah, I mean, I might on the cover on the. I will have it. Thumbnail. I'll, I'll put a. You know, if you can send me an image, like a JPEG, yeah. I'll put it on there for the audience. They can yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will send you that. Yeah, and uh, so that would be great. Uh, so, what what are you working on any other projects right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm always really working on one book at a time. I'm working on a book. Uh, so I have different series of books. So one is the you Know the Mastery series, which is Master Your Emotions, the best-selling book you mentioned. So I'm working on the book number 10 in the series. It's going to be on decision-making. So talking about how do you make better decisions or how do you think of it when you have to make certain decisions in your life. So kind of what I'm working on right now, the projects I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like master your decisions or master your choices. Or uh, yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Something like that. Decision. decision yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, I have like different series. How would so, you? Yeah. I mean, people, if you want to, if you can go on Amazon, find my books. Um, um, I mean, they can contact me. My email address. Well, my name. Or we can, sorry? You have a website you'd like them to contact you at? Yeah, I do have a website, but it's stewamarius.com. Uh, so first name, family name.com. All right. So we can check out the website. All right. Um, yeah, we'll put a link in the description and, so people can find your website. Yes. All right. Anything else for you sign yeah, up? Sounds good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me. I think we had a lot of uh, fun and we should do that again soon. Absolutely. Well, you might let me <laughs> Once know. in a while, yeah. Yeah, every now and again. Yeah. I'm, I thoroughly enjoy <laughs> speaking to you each time. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get together and do this again. Thank you, Tiva. Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye.